0: Welcome to the Drawing From Experience Podcast, Season 3. This is where you come for practical advice for your art business, inspirational insight, and motivational tactics to keep you creating the art that you were put here to do. Join me on my adventures as I interview other artists and creative professionals as we explore what it's like to be an artist in today's world. And I am your host, Shane Isakowski. Howdy, humans. This is Shane Isakowski, your host of the Drawing From Experience podcast. This is episode number 96, and this is the last episode of season three of the podcast. So thank you so much for sticking with me. I hope everybody had a lovely holiday if you celebrate that kind of thing. Um, My holiday was strange. Uh, You know, it's just the whole pandemic and being away from loved ones and um, and that sort of thing but uh, you know I'm thankful to be alive and just trying to push forward in the crazy world that we live in right now so yeah so this episode I am talking to Ryan Case and specifically what I'm talking to Ryan about is forging your own path as an artist And um, Ryan has a lot of insight into that, and I mentioned on this episode, too, with him about, you know, what I appreciate about how he does things, and we get into that a little bit later. So before that, of course, I'm going to talk about all the things, and uh, here's a little spoiler alert Um season four of the podcast is going to i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna try a different format with my creative conquests and all these things um that i thought you guys cared about (laughs) um you know the thing is is i care about them and i do believe that uh that there is value in some of these things i talk about and some of these Uh, creative conquest that some of the community members have so uh, I'm not going to take them away I'm going to put them strategically placed within the episodes so you can't get away from them unless you just kind of skip ahead but you could do that whatever Uh, however (laughs) makes you feel good Um, but I'm going to try to get into the meat of the conversation and the um, the interviews quicker for you guys so um yeah so i'm gonna try that format and i'm gonna see what you guys think about that if you guys have feedback let me know uh you can email me dfepodcast at gmail.com and you can let me know what you think of the new format um i'm also trying to record a new uh theme song uh as i do every Season. If you guys notice, I have a different song for every season, and um, I've kind of done like an updated version of my season three theme song. So I'm hoping that you guys care about those things because <laughs> uh, I care about them and um, I. To put in this extra time to do things like that because they make me happy and i'm hoping that they make you guys happy as well uh we talk a lot today with ryan about positivity and i've been thinking about that a lot in my life and and um how important that is you know it makes me feel like i have some kind of purpose when i put that kind of positivity out so that's what i'm hoping this does so All right, let me talk about uh, art shows, art shows, art shows. Currently, I still have going on the Darkness Eternal show with Crucible Art Gallery. That is crucibleartgallery.com. That's with my showmate, Martin Darkside, who if you go back a few episodes, you can hear us discuss um, all kinds of things about that show. But log on to crucibleartgallery.com and you can see the entire show all 24 pieces brand new pieces for that show all of my originals are still available guys go check it out you know it was a huge show to put together and um, i did sell some calendars from that show i made an entire calendar uh, with all of the pieces that i made Um, i made 12 pieces martin made 12 pieces so Uh, mine are in a calendar which you can order off my website i only have a few left so if you want one go grab it um okay and then the other thing of course i have coming up is the kind of love that doesn't die which is a featured art show at the dark art emporium in long beach california the opening is on february 13th alongside patrick ty and lone shack and uh I am gearing up for the show, guys. I have some amazing shit to show you guys. I really feel like it is. And, you know, the show for me is a complete 180 from the vampire show. And it's completely different. And I'm just uh, excited to share it all with you. And starting right now, I am doing a call to action. Listen up. Here it is. Um, I am looking for your vulnerabilities on my website, shaneisakowski.com. You can read all about it there, but essentially I'm looking for you guys to share some honesty with me anonymously. So without giving too much away, just log on to my website, shaneisakowski.com and you can read all about it. I also have a video on there uh, that explains the whole thing as well. So check it out, guys. Uh, It's a very important part of the process for me, and I would love for you to be involved. That is anyone, anyone in the entire world can be involved in this aspect of my art show. Again, shaneizakowski.com go check out what I'm talking about. Okay, my Patreon shout out of the week goes to none other than Mr. Tom Taggart. Uh, this is patreon.com slash Tom Taggart. The reason I am pairing up this with this episode is because we do bring up Tom in this episode and um, and Ryan talks about his Patreon. And so I went and took a look at it. And he offers $1, $2, $5, $15, $20, and $50 a month tiers. He's got almost 200 patrons. He's got 199. You could be his 200th patron right now. Um, and he offers anything from uh, your your name being removed from the list of his enemies. I mean, that's definitely worth a dollar a month. Uh, (laughs) but um, starting at the $2 a month tier, you can get basic access to exclusive content, work in progress photos, all that kind of stuff behind the scenes, things pro tips, the full disclosure of his creative process. If you've never seen Tom's work, it's fucking amazing. So uh, at least go check him out on social media. Uh, Taggart is spelt T-A-G-G-A-R-T. Tom, Tom, Taggart and you can find him on all the social medias but um, some of the higher tiers offer things like a free ornament for every six months of support um, or a free original eight and a half by 11 painting for every year of support so man that's awesome I, I love this this structure because some people structure it to make their original paintings like Basically on like a layaway system, you know, where you can uh, invest in it slowly. And then at the end of the year, you get an original painting or an original um, ornament. I mean, it's it's awesome. So go check it out again. It's patreon.com slash Tom Taggart, T-A-G-G-A-R-T. All right. Moving on to my creative conquests again i love creative conquests every sunday i ask for your creative conquests on the drawing from experience creative community and you can share with our audience you know what you've been up to so here it is first creative conquest lydia burris uh my friend lydia says Battlecry! cry launching this quarterly zine 31 pages in so far just got a few more to go and then to get printed already started planning the next one. Lydia is somebody who I met through the Dark Arts Society who has come into uh, my universe as a person who is an obvious badass. Um, She is just uh, an incredible artist and continually impressive. And I will happily say and announce that one of my pieces got into her quarterly zine. Her quarterly zine is called uh, Darkness Dreaming, and the first issue is called The End of Things. And so I submitted a piece for that, and I'm happy to say that it got accepted. So um, you can learn more about that quarterly zine on darknessdreaming.com. Check it out. Daniela Fayad, I'm sorry (laughs) if I mispronounced that. Daniela says, finally finished one of my puppet sets. Man, those bricks took forever. Totally worth it, though. Daniela is somebody who I met online as well, and uh, she makes puppets and she has such an interest in stop motion animation and i've had lots of conversation with her about that and she's just a badass go check her out and you can find her on instagram at instagram.com slash art with jagged teeth and you can see all of the fun puppets and things that she's making and my final creative conquest is christopher lee duncan christopher is awesome go check out his work on his instagram it's at dracula's yo-yo dot 237 you get it dracula's yo-yo christopher lee duncan <laughs> That's clever. I like it. Uh, finally, broke one k followers on Instagram. Started three small paintings during the art jam as Christmas gifts for coworkers, and finished them up yesterday and varnished today. Doing a giveaway for the for the IG one k followers. Here is the link. I will provide that link in my show notes for this episode. I think he already. I think he already drew for the contest. So I'm sorry if this is late. Uh, my apologies. But regardless, go to instagram.com slash Dracula's yo-yo.237 to check out Christopher's work. Okay, so again, this is my interview with Ryan Case, somebody who is a dark artist, but I'm not sure if Ryan is aware, but I use him as an example to people when they talk to me about dark art and they don't fully understand and why does everything have to be negative and desaturated and dark colors and lots of black. Uh, I use Ryan's work as an example of a dark artist who uses bright freaking colors to express his dark art. And I'm just uh, continually impressed by how positive he is. And he just puts out all of that energy into the universe. And, uh, and it comes back uh, in, in a great way to him and his amazing art family. So, so I'd like to thank Ryan for joining me on this episode. And I hope you guys enjoy and get some tidbits of art information And fun with Ryan Case. Today on the podcast, we are discussing the way that you can forge your own path as an artist with Mr. Ryan Case. Thank you for joining us, Ryan.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem, dude. Um, I'm just going to introduce you here a little bit to the audience. I describe Ryan's work as... A blend of familiar nostalgia and classic horror, all wrapped up into a brightly and multicolored, beautiful mess of emotions and, most importantly, fun. Does that sound like a fair assessment?
1: <laughs> that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty dead on, especially the fun part.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I want to make sure that I described it as fun because, like, when you're looking at your artwork, you can't help but like smile, even, <laughs> even when you're, I mean, when you're painting like these, uh, like these Lovecraftian monsters with tentacles and things, I mean, I just like, they're kind of, they're like cute. Like there's cuteness to these monsters, you know, and it's fun. And just uh, the colors and stuff that you use is is awesome.
1: Thanks. I, uh, I'm really inspired by co- colors of the eighties and the monsters of the eighties um stuff like that but uh i i like to make my monsters like slightly supportive like you know they're they're waving at you a little bit they're like you oh, know mm. you can do it.
0: <laughs> oh they're they're like a hype man
1: yeah yeah totally. <laughs> it's positive, uh positive monster support group
0: oh shit can you just oh my god i think you need to make that yeah i think that should be a thing
1: yeah I was doing monster faces with uh, little positive sayings calling them positive monster affirmations. They were really cool. I'd leave those around town as uh, like little found art objects.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, usually I have people talk about their background and history a bit. There is an episode of the Dark Arts Society podcast with Chet Zarts, episode number 173 that you are interviewed on. So, if people want to delve Uh, more deeply into your history they can listen to that episode also you mentioned me on there which is totally appreciated and thank you I was super surprised by that and that was really really nice of you to do people can go back to that episode of Dark Arts Society podcast and listen to Ryan more in depth but yeah if you want to um, just kind of give me like the abridged version of your history how you got to here and then we can start talking about um you know how we how we can actually forge our own paths and uh be the master of our own destinies as an artist in today's world so uh yeah let's hear it super
1: super abridged um background um i was just a weird little art kid that loved to draw all the time small town kentucky met an awesome woman uh we moved to louisville kentucky and I decided that uh, I wanted to to paint full-time and make art. And uh, I was doing a lot of fan art and uh, a lot of pop culture stuff. And uh, I was doing, like, the little monster stuff. It's like my fun doodles. And uh, that, was the, that was the stuff that I really enjoyed doing. And my wife encouraged me to, you know, start putting the energy that I was putting into the fan art just to sell. Put that energy into making the monsters that really made me happy. And then... Yeah it's weird. It's like, as soon as that switch was made, things started snowballing, opportunities started to pop up, sales started to roll in, uh, people really dug it. So,
0: Why, why do you think that is like, do you think that, you know, your artwork before that just looked different or it felt different or a combination of both or, and then now when you're doing work that makes you happy, you know, what is it? What, What the fuck is it about when you're doing the artwork that you're meant to do what is it about that
1: that people pick up on it's something about it's i I don't know what it is it's a it's like connecting uh, an energy wave and then Mm. that piece of artwork has that energy and it's shooting that same wavelength out and the second somebody who who else is on that same wavelength, hits it, it's just like an instant connection. If that makes any fucking sense at all. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And that's, I mean, that's a good way to put it. And, um, And I think people do pick up on that and they see that. And that's, you know, everybody says that when you're doing honest work, when you're doing the work that you're supposed to do, that you're meant to do, that's when your artwork reaches this other like plateau this of existence and and people do see that you know and i'm not sure if it's because they just have a direct connection to the things that you're painting or if it's you know because you do you paint like you paint subject matter you paint things from my childhood certainly you know my pet monster and stuff you're talking about on that episode i fucking grew up with my pet monster too like um, what what's that
1: I've got him sitting up right up here on the.
0: Oh uh, uh, really? Let
1: me see where he, there he is.
0: Oh nice! Oh, right. lo- oh, and there's another one peeking out from behind. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, do you remember that the movie?
1: The yes. Movie that came out.
0: That movie was awesome.
1: It was great. I loved the costume. It was so good.
0: Yeah. And the um, like the statue, at, like at the beginning and stuff of yeah. the. Yeah. Were really cool. Like yeah. it was, I mean, as a child, it like creeped me out. Um, <laughs> and the whole thing with that older, the old guy, I haven't seen it in so long, but I remember, yeah, I remember all that. And that's it. Like there was some creepy parts to that movie, but it was a really good, I don't know. It's just a really good movie. I'm going to have to watch that again now.
1: I know I need to track that movie down. It's been so yeah. long.
0: Yeah. I wonder if it's streaming anywhere. I definitely got to check it out, but so, um, yeah, so continue with, uh, with more of your history a little bit. And, um, I know that you were into comics. Uh, I was into comics as well. I, I have a lot of like, I mean, when I first started getting into art, I was just like, just copying all the comics I was into. And like, I, when I first started getting into comics, of course, it was like whatever I could get my hands on, like Spider-Man, Superman, stuff like that. But then when I started realizing that there was a cross between my love for horror movies and comics, and I found like horror comics, right. um, that was when things really started like making more sense for me. So, yeah, like where did you – where your interest for comics and stuff, um, where did that come from and what comics were you into – and I know that that kind of turned into your, your love for artwork as well. So
1: yeah, let's, uh, let's hear about that. Okay. I, I was an X-Men kid. Like as soon as uh, I heard about the X-Men and mutants and that whole universe, I was sucked in. And then uh, Wolverine, of course, because he was short and I was the runt kid of my entire life.
0: Oh, uh, wow.
1: I was like, Wait, how tall short? are you? I'm five, five.
0: Oh, okay. I had no, you can't tell
1: on It's all the zoom <laughs> bands and camera angles. I look like mm-hmm. nine years old. But there was a, a comic book store in Maysville, Kentucky that opened up. And that was one of my afternoon hangouts after school. And, um, that was back when McFarlane and Spawn were first coming out and Image was a thing. And, uh, Sam Keith put out the Max I and mean, that comic just blew my mind. Like, that whole series was great. I wanted to draw comics for the longest time. And then, you know, I got out of high school and I I gave up art for the long, for about a couple of years. uh, So I got inspired by do it again. So,
0: yeah, so did I, dude, I totally (laughs) quit. I actually quit art before I left high school because I was in a band and, you know, I had all those dreams of running away and, living the musician life or whatever. And I kind of gave up on my like art dreams for a while, for a long time.
1: Looking back at years where I wasn't making any art, it was technically like the worst years of my life. Like I was suicidal, alcoholic, uh, just just hated my existence really. And then once I found, uh, you know, that outlet again, it was like, now I'm this positive motherfucker that gets on everybody's nerves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's better to, to be positive and get on people's nerves than uh, an alcoholic and, and yeah. uh, <laughs> suicidal and get on people's nerves, I guess. Right. <laughs> so you had, uh, you know, you were getting into, I guess you were friends with some uh, a tattoo shop and you started yeah. piercing And then you started kind of, I I don't know if inadvertently is the right word, but you started selling your paintings through the tattoo shop yeah. and that kind of snowballed into you doing your thing. So, you know, and this is like a lot of what we're going to talk about today is just like you, you sort of, it seems like you went towards whatever direction made sense for you. And then when things start happening, you start kind of going into that direction as opposed to like you could have totally just been like oh yeah this is just like something i do and then continued piercing you know but like but that's not what you did you sort of like saw an opportunity for something and um started going with it so like how did how did that all happen and you know what advice can you give to artists that might be working some other side gig but they have this need inside of them to uh want to grow their art business but they just don't know how
1: um piercing was great um but my heart wasn't in it it was it was a job i didn't want to expand uh you know my skills that i just wanted to do you know basic piercings in and out cash money <laughs> <laughs> but then, um in the slow time i would paint and uh you know once i made a couple sales through the shop i was like you know i could i could do this you know full-time possibly so i started uh we came up with a couple different ideas for me doing uh paintings and stuff like that but it, i really got my my drive for selling online because i would buy precious moments uh little figurines and i would customize them into zombie wedding cake toppers and we were selling them on Yo. etsy for like 75 75- that was
0: a, a really good business for a while right
1: Great. It was back when Etsy was first starting and everything was handmade and uh, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, I I decided, you know, I can I can make things and I can put them online as long as I'm brave enough to show other people and you know have that confidence to sell it. You know, I'm going to try and do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I feel like I I mean, are are you still do you still have stuff on Etsy right now or is everything on your big cartel site?
1: Everything's on big cartel. No, I I quit Etsy, uh, I'd say about six years ago when, uh, I guess their handmade regulations went to shit and they were just allowing everything on there and you could pay to be on the front page and all sorts of shit. Sales just went down. But once we got the big cartel sites up and going and started self-promoting that and sales started coming back in. Hmm.
0: Cool. So, you also, uh, you also teach sometimes as well. Obviously, right now is a, a fucked up time for teachers. Yeah. But, you know, have you started any plans for 2021 for teaching or doing any online teaching or anything like that? And, and also, um, yeah, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about how you've kind of structured the, the adult class? And I know that you also teach children, too.
1: The uh, the Making Monsters class started uh, kind of like the way I would prep myself to start painting for the night. I would, uh, you know, make this red blob of paint and, uh, you know, just make a silly monster out of it real quick before I'd do anything, any work that night. And it was just kind of like a stress reliever for me. And then uh, I, I kind of uh, developed like a, a step-by-step, you know, follow-along paint process that, uh really helped me relieve my own stress. And there was a a, a wine and canvas place in town that uh, kept asking me if I wanted to come in and paint or uh, teach a class. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I don't want to do a landscape or a Cardinal or a, it's Louisville. So it's either a Cardinal or a Fleur de Lis or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I want to do these cool little monsters. And they were like, well, that's not what we do here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once again, my wife, she's like, you know the buddy of yours has a bar, you know, let's see if we could set up uh, classes there. That first class went really well. And the day after that, a uh, couple of the couple of the students had children. They asked me if I'd ever taught uh, kids' classes. I was like, well, you know, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> so I set up the, the kids' classes. And those are the most amazing things I've ever done. Like yeah. uh, teaching the kids this little step-by-step process on how to create this being of pure imagination and relieve their stress and fear and anxiety, even just for a little bit. And then they've got something silly that they can look at and smile at. Mm. So that, that, that really means a lot. Of everything I've done, the kids' monster art classes have been one of my favorites and most rewarding.
0: Yeah. I mean, kids are just so, they're so unfiltered. And like, they're just like, hey, listen to this idea that makes absolutely no sense. Doesn't fucking matter. It's not for anything specific. It's just the thing. Yeah. What do you think? You know, and it's, I mean, I wish I was that way all the time. You know, and it's it's hard once once the world gets its stupid talons into you and starts beating you down a little bit, you start getting a little bit more (laughs) jaded and and realistic about your ideas. You know, so it's I you know, I've been trying to kind of like tap in a little bit more into what it was when I was a kid that made me creative. And when I was when I was very small, I remember people saying to me you're so creative or like you have all this creativity you know and like encouraging that in me and like and looking back i'm i'm not 100 percent sure what it was that like made me creative right. other than me just probably saying ridiculous ideas you know yeah uh so I don't know I mean it's it's pretty amazing to see kids be be that way and I also appreciated that the story that you tell on the Dark Arts Society podcast about the kid who's kind of reserved at the first class and then his mom had told you that he didn't stop painting and he's just been like doing better in school and then at the next class he came in and had all these ideas and showed you all the stuff I mean that's like that's incredible, you know, and and you've probably made such a big impact on that kid's life. And imagine if he becomes an artist when he's older. I mean, it's just like he's, that's probably going to be the turning point in his
1: life. You know, so it's amazing. That's one of my my favorite things uh, about being an artist is, you know, to try and inspire other artists or other people to be artists. And I think that's the main job of an artist it's, you know, yeah, we create these things, but there's a point to it is to draw somebody else in and be like, oh, maybe I could do something too. Well, you
0: know, it's interesting about that. And I think about that a lot because I'm like, I'm in the same boat where I just really like to, I want to inspire people through my work. I also feel like there's another side to it, a flip side, where I almost, I feel like artists don't have to feel obligated to inspire other artists even though I do, like, I feel like I'm part of my purpose here is to inspire other people, encourage other people, be positive in that way. And like, and that in turn encourages people to maybe go down a similar path or something like that. So like, for me, of course, positivity breeds positivity. So I want to do that. However, there are artists, I feel like that are doing artwork, they're doing their own thing. I don't even know if they necessarily care if anybody else gives a shit and they're just like doing it. Right. And like, I look at them and I'm like, this is somebody who doesn't, they're not putting forth any of the extra effort, which is okay. Like, I'm not going to fault them for that because like, I felt like I just have this sort of like duty to do that because I have it in me. Some people I feel like don't have it in them. And I, and I think that's okay. Like I, I feel like, so if there's artists out there who are like, I barely have enough energy just to do my own art, let alone trying to help some other asshole to do their art, you know? So like, so I feel like there's, it's not like a danger or anything, but it's sort of like, I feel like people do have different purposes. And I feel like some people, if their purpose is strictly just to make their artwork, then that's okay. And then other people like us, who we want to make our artwork and we want to encourage other people and be positive and stuff like that, I think that's, I think that's okay too, you know, and I do feel like maybe it's not for everybody.
1: Uh, totally, and it's, but we're still doing the exact same thing, even yeah. if they're, you know, portraying themselves in, you know, the positive light or whatever, they're still creating that artwork that will inevitably inspire somebody. So, yeah. That's
0: the- so they're doing it. They're doing it whether they yeah. like it or not.
1: Whether, yeah. Whether that <laughs> or not, you're going to inspire somebody, motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, damn it, I don't want to inspire anybody. I just want to make my <laughs> fucking art. <laughs> so uh, before we continue, I do want to give a huge shout out to your uh, wonderful wife and your family. And Thank also, you. I've talked about this on the episode where I gave your Patreon, a shout out. Um, but you have like, you have an art family. And this is like something that not everybody has. And uh, the fact that your kids are growing up in this environment where art is so encouraged, and it's so rewarding to, to their parents, I think it's just really, really cool that that is something that's so prevalent in your household. And I also I'm not sure if you're family's awake right now I know you're on a different time schedule but at the end of the episode I was just gonna see if they were awake if they wanted to come say hi on the episode they could
1: okay I'll let them know yeah, they're all awake cool cool cool
0: but your wife uh Bridget she's a poet and what else what
1: else does she do she's a poet she makes uh kind of magical uh, oils, uh bath soaks, candles. Uh, She's got a, uh, an awesome little boutique in
0: Louisville.
1: Hmm. Really cool jewelry. She's, oh, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Dude, one of,
0: one of my favorite pieces of yours is Unholy Battle, yes. which is kind of collaborative with her because she wrote this amazing poem. And so I'm curious if, did the poem come first
1: or did the piece of artwork come first? She wrote the poem and handed it to me and I uh, created the artwork. Awesome. Plan on doing an entire series of them, but this has been the only one we've done so far.
0: Dude, do the series. It's (laughs) awesome. Because what's interesting is it it had an effect on your artwork. Like there is a, aside from the fact that this is a black and white piece, it just looks and feels a different way. It feels a little heavier than some of your other artwork, you know, some, like, like we were talking about, about like the fun of your art and everything. And like, there's some of these monsters that look like they're laughing and things like that. And, but this one, like when you look at it, you can kind of feel that, that like emotional depth. And so like going into it with a piece of writing has definitely affected, has definitely affected it. So I, I think it's really cool. And, um, it's def. It's one of my favorites
1: of of your pieces. So, thing same, same. It's one of my favorites too. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Let's take a second from chatting with Ryan to learn more about our sponsor, the one and only Diane Hoffman. Diane Hoffman is an assemblage artist utilizing salvaged and recycled materials mingled with collage, paint, and clay. Through her art, she bestows a second life with newfound purpose for damaged and disregarded objects by turning them into perplexing characters in her dimensional world of metaphor and allegory. Uh, more information about Diane and her art can be found on her website, diannehoffman.net. You can almost turn that into a song. Uh, I'm not going to, but you could <laughs> to remember how you can find Diane. Uh, you can also find uh, her on her Instagram and Facebook at Diane Hoffman Art. And now back to my episode and interview with the one and only Ryan case. So let's get into the, let's get into the meat of the conversation here, forging your path as an artist. And this is, this is something I think about a lot with people who are just starting out because I, from day one, I kind of like, I for a very long time, I didn't even think about what I was doing. I was just going forward and doing it, you know? And then like at a certain point, when you come to a point where you're doing well enough for yourself, you start having to kind of plan and stuff. And what I appreciate about your attitude about things is it seems like you, you recognize opportunities and you kind of go with the flow and go into that direction. I'm like, very much that way i'm i'm a a water sign i'm a cancer, so i'm just like going with the flow with everything all the time but but I'm curious if you you know if you have any like what kind of plans do you have to grow your business if any um, not saying you need plans to grow your business but do you you know do you think about that stuff and do you just kind of let opportunity guide you and and how do you actually how do you do it?
1: I'm a, I'm a big believer in science. You know, if something stands out from the ordinary that catches my attention, it, I'm going to give it that attention that, you know, it's asked for. Um, but I'm also the same type of dude who, when we first moved to Louisville and I didn't really know anybody or any art galleries, I, I had a folding table and I would set it up on the side of the street and, you know, sell art there, you know, and then, uh, you know, it, any opportunity I could to, uh, to get my art in any business. Like I, I'd, I'd carry around stacks of paintings to different business, different businesses in town and be like, Hey, can you hang this? And then, you know, put my card and info here, you know, any, any opportunity you can to get your art seen, especially in the beginning do it.
0: So you, you also, you know, your presence online is, is I think, I mean, I'm assuming that's where you do most of your business is just, online through Instagram and your social media. You do raffles.
1: You you're doing a raffle right now for your for your birthday, right? Yeah, my 40th birthday is the uh, the 29th. So I'm uh raffling off a giant 24 by 36 original painting. Yo, that's
0: crazy. <laughs> how do you how do you structure that exactly?
1: How does it work? It's it's kind of a gamble sometimes uh, you know the raffle brings in a decent amount sometimes it doesn't. It really depends on how much I promote it and the algorithms of social media. That's why in my Facebook post, it doesn't say raffle. It says waffle because Mm. raffle is a word and it'll hide your post. Wow.
0: That is a good tip. I thought you were just lovingly calling it a waffle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do love waffles. Yeah. I also love waffles. Um, So, what what's your philosophy on, on things like that, like online auctions, sales, specials, and discounts and stuff like that? Um, you know, I often feel like if I'm not offering something like a discount or if I have a reason to promote something, it's hard for me to sell stuff consistently. You know, like I'm kind of at the point where unless I'm shouting to the social media gods that I have stuff for sale and it's on discount or something like that. It's hard for me to just consistently sell. Right. So like, what are your philosophies on all of that? And, um, do you know, do you have any tips and tricks for, for people?
1: Yeah. Um, I like to offer uh, buy one, get one free prints a lot, but anytime I do that, that means I got a 50% off coupon from my print company. So I'm not out money you know, giving you this extra print and you get an extra print. Um, so definitely find a print company that offers something like that. If you do a uh, drop shipping, uh, yeah. your prints or anything like that. But it's, it's so weird. Like with originals, if I offer, you know, uh, if I say like, Hey, Facebook, I've got a bunch of originals on sale, nothing. Yeah. But if I, Hey, Facebook, I got a bunch of new originals, full price. Here you go. You know, I'll get one or two sales out of it. <laughs> funny how that works there is that constant pressure to always have something on sale or to offer something else that sucks
0: <laughs> i it does suck because it's it's this catch-22 of like well i need to continue making money to continue making money i feel like i need to run a sale which right. discounts things you know I, also i don't <laughs> mind giving discounts I'm not like against discounts. I also see both sides to the argument where like, you know, if artists are constantly offering discounts, it's number one, like it doesn't look particularly great to your collectors. Number two, it's like, it trains your audience to expect discounts. Like, you know, when you order from Vistaprint, I typically don't order from Vistaprint until I get a stupid discount in my email. You know, like I'm not going to pay full price for stupid Vistaprint, you know? So, so it kind of trains us to do that, to like, wait until there is something. So it's a catch 22. It, it makes you feel as an audience or as an artist that you have to offer things sometimes just to get the attention that it deserves just to get people to even look at your site, you know? So I don't know. It's like, I'm, I'm constantly like thinking, should I offer something? Should I not? I have stuff on sale on my website and it's just like, these are $20 prints. And sometimes like I have a hard time consistently selling things, you know? So it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult game to continue, especially if you're running your own business and just trying to constantly push your stuff out there.
1: And the game's definitely changing right now too. I mean, you know, most uh, how so? from, you know, local art shows, too. And mm. I haven't done one of those in over a year. So. Yeah. Do you do uh, um, th- how much I
0: know that I just showed artwork with you at Copper Gallery. Uh, uh, so cool. And so do you? <laughs> how much other like gallery work have you actually done? And is that a direction that you
1: think you're going to keep heading into um i'm shown in a couple of galleries but it's i've never had a uh, a sale through a gallery and uh mm-hmm. after dealing with uh, one or two galleries here it, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth mm-hmm. um so that's when i really focused on online sales i was like why am i worried about gallery representation right now when i can just put this on you know facebook or instagram and get 100 percent of it yeah so there's so many galleries that I would love to show work in, but it's, it's not really the goal, I guess that I'm going for.
0: Well, you know, I, with galleries, like I like showing with galleries, but I like showing with galleries that like, number one, give a shit. Yeah. You know, like, like the artwork that they're showing and they're not like completely jaded and uh, over the entire gallery world, you know, like some galleries when you, when you walk in there, if, you can feel that they're just like over it, you know? And so I'm like, I don't want to give these people half my money, you know? Um, but there are people, there are galleries that you can tell they care, you know? And um, and those are the galleries that I really don't care giving half my money to, um, as long as they're promoting the work and we have good conversation around it. So it's few and far between. And I, I just think, you know if there are any galleries listening they should they should kind of just like keep that in mind that like I, I i always say to people it's like we are their entire business model we're what their entire thing is based on so like if you're if you as a gallery owner are not treating your artists well you're not treating your business well there's there's we are your business right. you know so So I just, I feel like they should realize that the gallery system has shifted so drastically in our favor, you know, where we really don't need galleries, but I'm, but as somebody who likes seeing artwork in person, I want galleries to still exist. So the galleries that treat me well and give a shit about my work, I want to continue supporting them. And the way that I can support is by selling work through their gallery, you know, and so as long as like, I feel like a gallery is working with me, as opposed to just like working separate, taking my work in, selling it, potentially to like, my own audience that I've brought them, right? So, you know, it's like, it doesn't, you know, if if it's like that, I, I'm just like, why am I? There's no reason I need to be here, you know? So yeah, so I, I just feel like the the gallery world is like, it's tough, because there really are just only a handful of galleries that I feel like aren't super snooty or they're not going to have like make you feel like you owe them because they're like this high-end gallery and now that you're part of the gallery system there that for some reason like we need to bend to their every whim you know and I just feel like um, I feel like people still have it in their minds that galleries are like this upper higher tier of becoming an artist, but like, it doesn't matter, you know, and, and your story is kind of like, proof of that, you know, that like, you can show your artwork anywhere, and you can make sales anywhere. And you're also like making your own opportunities. Yeah. So that's my spiel on galleries. But I mean, I will say again, I like supporting galleries, I like having a place I can go and see artwork in person. like That helps me grow as an artist. So like, I don't want galleries to go away. And the only way for them not to go away is to continue supporting them the way that we have. So yeah, that's my spiel. Um, but uh, you know what, I wanna hear your opinion on, people talk a lot about like, diversifying your income as an artist. And it seems like you've, you've done that by doing, offering things like teaching And then you also do, you know, your sales on your website. What else, like what other kinds of income streams do you think that uh, you see for yourself that maybe could give people a little bit more of an idea of how else they could sell their artwork or how else they could make a living as an artist?
1: Um, It's really kind of an unwritten book. I mean, you can... You got people painting on bourbon barrel lids and uh, pretty much anything. Like if if you can if you can make it with your hands and get it online, uh, there's an audience for everything. Um, The way I like to uh, promote art on Facebook is if I'm doing uh, you know like a Lovecraftian painting, I'll join a bunch of Lovecraft groups and then I'll post it you know solely in those groups. And you get that generalized audience, you know, right in front of the artwork. So if you're doing like fan art or if you're doing, you know, themed work, you know, seek out those specific groups online um, and start posting towards them. Um, Another really good thing that I found was uh, making an art page on uh, Facebook or an art group. Um, Mm -hmm. And if somebody buys a piece of your artwork, invite them to the group. Uh, fill it up with as many of your, uh, clients and customers and collectors. And then every time you post in that group, they all get a notification and it's right there in front of them too. Yeah. Um, but as far as like diversifying what you do, if, if you can break down what you do and teach somebody else, you know, something else with their artwork, you know, offer an online class or a YouTube video or something like that. Um, get hooked up on Patreon and do a lot of uh, uh, tutorials. Um, mm-hmm. Those are really, I, I, Tom Taggart has an amazing Patreon, especially with like lighting, uh, sculptures and paintings. I love his Patreon. Oh, he's it- awesome. He, he's so, so- I, I'm
0: not, I'm not a part of his uh, Patreon, but um, what he, I mean, that's an artist that is very giving and inspirational too, you know? And he's like such a real dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when I when I first met him through Facebook, I was like, "Man, I've seen your art somewhere." And then he starts posting all these old uh, Marvel comics things he did. And I was like, "Those were some of my favorite cards. Like this is Crazy. so cool." Yeah, man, that's so awesome.
0: Yeah, so do you have any do you have any big major plans for the the future of Ryan Case's artwork here? Do you have anything in the works?
1: Um, well, as of The end of this year, I'm not taking on any custom requests. I do a lot of pet portraits on the side, which if if you can paint or draw animals and you're an artist and you want to make extra money, offer pet portraits. Everybody loves them. Um, It's like when monster sales go down, pet portrait sales go up. Uh, Mm. And then I started to uh, make the My Pet Monster portraits where I take a portrait of your dog and give it bat wings and teeth and... Um,
0: that's such a great idea and that's like really making like combining this what you do you know as an artist with something that uh so many people love so yeah what a great idea dude do you have have you ever had like a a solo show or anything like that i mean aside from like setting up at a bar or uh you know a small venue or something like that but have you ever worked in like a complete series and then like
1: presented that in a place no <laughs> mm-hmm. uh the only solo shows i've had were when i've got you know 30 or 40 paintings laying around from past couple of years and i'm like hey i've got a, a gallery space i'm gonna go hang it all up in one show but i uh, i've got so many ideas for uh for series that i want to do mm. but i just haven't I'm due to like doing custom commissions and stuff like that, so that's another another reason why I'm stopped doing them after uh, after New Year's Eve. Because I yeah. really want to, it. It's going to be a lot of pieces like the uh, the collaboration with my wife and I. I
0: yeah, I love that idea. I think like doing doing an entire show of those kinds of collaborations would be really cool for
1: you guys. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we've been uh, doing a, a tarot card deck for the longest while, so I oh, think that'll. Man project
0: (laughs) yeah that man that's huge every time somebody comes out with one of those i mean i did one tarot card and it wasn't even exactly like a tarot card it was just like a piece that represented a tarot card and i was like i would have to i would have to do what 71 more of these
1: Uh, it's like drawing a (laughs) comic
0: it's great it's so much work and i have a few friends that have done that i have a friend right now who's doing a parrot tarot card, uh, deck. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just nuts. Um, how much work is actually put into that. So, uh, how long, I mean, you paint fast, right?
1: Well, uh, sometimes, um, I, I rotate when I paint, like I've got, uh, my drawing easel here. I've got my table here. Usually I've got two more easels in behind me and my chair spins. So while this piece is drying, I'm working on this piece. Mm-hmm. So forth. And is it
0: all uh, acrylic that you use and ink and and markers and stuff?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Acrylic and ink mostly. Cool. I like the dip pin so I can splatter like Ralph (laughs) Steadman.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude. Steadman's amazing. Yeah. You know whose artwork that I love that I grew up on a lot was um, uh, Stephen Gamble from uh, Scary Stories Tell in the Dark
1: yeah that that's my childhood. I love those books, yeah me
0: too.
1: it like reissued and took out all his illustrations and it was lame. oh
0: dude what a what a <laughs> crime there should have been riots in the street for that <laughs> anyway um yeah, you know uh one other other thing that I wanna talk about with you being that you are in such a uh uh an amazing like art family is just like having support from a partner and from your family too. It seems like that is such an important part of your story and how you operate and everything. Um, And probably now is a good time to to, uh, invite the rest of your family if they want to come on and say hello. But I just wanted you to talk first about like, you know, what that means for you as far as like having that kind of encouragement all the time and being somebody who, you know, sells your artwork online and pays bills with it you know it's just like such such an important part for your family to even just survive so like uh what kind of encouragement can you offer people um who maybe don't have that or want that or um you know your experience in that
1: i don't know what what bridget and i've got it's it's weird it's uh, it's just she bounces ideas off me. I bounce ideas off her. It's a constant pull back and forth of inspiring each other. We all go through downswings. Uh, you know, we dive into self doubt and stuff like that. So it's it's really important for me to have someone who's there to to help pull me back out of that and to keep me focused on a positive line. I don't doubt that my life would be similar to what it is now um without her but it would definitely be a lot darker
0: Mm. yeah uh well on that note (laughs) on that note why don't you do you want to go grab them quick i'll be right back cool
1: come on (laughs) (laughs) you don't have anything in your teeth (laughs) they're
0: funny it's a podcast hello (laughs) How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, I just wanted to invite you on real quick, just to say hello and uh, to meet you face to face.
1: Oh, nice to meet you officially.
0: Nice to meet you officially. And I was telling Ryan that one of his favorite pieces of artwork is the the Unholy Battle piece where you guys collaborated and with your with your writing and everything too and i was just trying to encourage him to continue doing that series because it's awesome. We are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love doing That's cool. that. Yeah. Fun. But-
0: and and um you know the longer we talk to Ryan it's like obviously your journey together as like this art art gang, art family um has had like such a positive impact on on his art practice so i think that's really awesome and yeah i just think i just wanted to tell you guys that and how encouraging and supportive people can see from the outside that it it just seems really cool so yeah
1: thank you so much yeah Appreciate he that. inspires me and i love it because like i just gave him that poem and i just was like okay do your thing you read it and interpret it and he did an awesome job
0: yeah well the the poem is really good too. I thank mean, you. Yeah. I've read it a few times now and it's it's really good. You're a really good writer too. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming to say hi.
1: Okay, thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
0: Bye. <laughs> cool.
1: 14 years yesterday.
0: Wow. wow. Congratulations, dude. And um uh, happy almost 40th birthday. By the time this comes out, it'll probably when is your birthday? The 29th The 29th. Okay, I think this will be out by your birthday. It should be this week, uh, sometime, so but yeah, thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing all your thoughts and everything.
1: Um, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at I am Ryan Case. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok at the same thing. I am Ryan Case. Uh, go to the link in my bio on Instagram for the website uh, where you can find all original art, prints, fun stuff like that.
0: Cool. Thank you again, dude. Uh, I'm going to read my ridiculous list of social media shit. So here we go. Um, Drawing From Experience podcast, you can stream and download on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or my website, www.drawingfromexperience.com. You can join the Drawing From Experience creative community on Facebook. Look it up. We have uh, Work in Progress Wednesdays and Creative Conquests on Sundays. You can email me with any suggestions of artists you want me to interview at dfepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at DFE podcast, or you can join my Patreon for the podcast at patreon.com/slash drawing from experience, and then you can also find my personal artwork on shaneisakowski.com You can join my personal Patreon at patreon.com/slash and you can look me up on Instagram at um or Facebook at the same name. So Ryan, thank you again for joining me and taking the time to discuss forging your path as an artist and hopefully this has encouraged some people and to, to stay positive and continue making the art doing the thing
1: feel free to, if anybody wants to reach out to me um, any advice i can give to help you out along the way i will totally do that
0: awesome dude
1: thank you again thank and, you man yeah thank you